Welcome to the Roadie Mixtape Podcast, bringing musicians and people in the music industry together. And here is your host, Brad Thibodeau. Hello and welcome back to the Roadie Mixtape Podcast. My name is Brad Thibodeau and I am your host. I'm very excited to get back to podcasting. Um, Season one was amazing for me. I learned a lot about the local musicians here in Rhode Island, and I hope you did as well. My goal for season two is to bring you more amazing artists, people that maybe you haven't heard of, and hopefully people you have. Our first guest for the season is Bianca Sperduti, a singer-songwriter in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. I hope you enjoy the interview. Today on the podcast, we have Bianca Sperduti. She is a Rhode Island native uh, singer mm-hmm. and songwriter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how she got started uh, playing music and where her career has taken her. So please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got started in music. Well, my name is Bianca Sperduti, and um, I go by Bianca Sings for now. And I guess I started like most people do in church. Um, Well, I mean, I started in a closet. I wouldn't sing for anybody. But once I went over that phase, I decided to do solos in my church. And um, I just wanted to be Natalie Grant. I saw her at like a Revolve tour, a Christian Revolve tour. And she shared her story and then shared the song. And I was so intrigued that like I knew the story behind what she was singing and I was like, I want to learn how to sing that song. So I got voice lessons and tried my best to like sing at church every week, do solos, pick out songs every week and try to, you know, I didn't really do them that well, but I got voice lessons for, for like five years. So that helped. And yeah, I just went on from there. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, I was a little bit shorter than I thought it was going to be. I could continue. <laughs> uh, so how, how long were you singing in church before you... Uh, took voice lessons that's a good question i think they were simultaneous because when i saw natalie grant perform i was like i want to learn how to sing and then my parents were like all right let's give her voice lessons which i actually had voice lessons when i was younger but i didn't practice because i was lazy or just too actually i wasn't lazy i was too afraid of anybody listening to me so i have like this um i was so nervous for anybody to hear my voice so once I heard Natalie Grant, I was like, I need to learn. So I got voice lessons and this guy, Doug from New York City, drove from New York City to Rhode Island every week to teach me. I was his first student. Um, and yeah, that started his career in teaching, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, so I started at the same time and then I did like, you know, uh, you know, the talent shows in high school and i did plays even though i was told i was like a horrible actress but like whatever (laughs) i did it anyways (laughs) and um and then i just knew i was gonna do music throughout forever but i could just do that on the side so i did sciences in college and uh still did music as i went you know so i sang in the jazz band i was in a band in high school but it wasn't you know your typical high school garage band and then I did um, more and more venues and stuff in college. And I was like, oh, maybe I could do this as a career. That was definitely different. I didn't think that was going to happen. I was going to think that thought. But halfway through college, I was like, maybe this could work. And yeah, so I thought that after Waka Flocka happened, after I started, I worked with him, that's when I really thought like maybe I could do this as a career. 
and the rest is history. When did you actually work with Waka Flocka? And take us through kind of how you got that gig. Um, yeah, all of it was totally not me. It was literally fell into my lap <laughs> because um, I worked with Waka in 2014, I believe. But it all happened because I went down to Disney with my family and my friends had a timeshare. So we stayed with them and they were like, you got to do this American Idol Disney thing. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, it's the exact replica of American Idol and people like vote in the audience. So long story short, I won that. And the guy that was in the audience is um, his name. His name is Ryan Metcalf. And we became really close friends throughout high school. And he lives in Canada. And one day he just started getting better at producing beats. I mean, he was always um, a producer, but I guess he just grew and grew and grew. And in college, he contacted me and he was like, yo, I'm working with Waka Flocka. I'm working with all these big artists. And I didn't believe him. (laughs) And I was like in math class, like trying to focus on physics. And he was just like, you need to write this song. They want it. It's called Havana and they want it. And I was like, uh, do, is there anything else I should like write about? Can you give me something else? And he was like, no, Peter Jackson just said to make it hot. And I was like, great. So um, on my way from math to Spanish class, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll listen to it. So I listened to it with my headphones. And my Spanish teacher at the time was teaching en la mañana, not it's en la mañana, not de la mañana, because I was in like Spanish negative one at the time. And I was like, that rhymes with Havana. So I started writing the chorus in Spanish class and then contacted my engineer friend who I worked with my whole life. And I was like, yo, I need to go into the studio now. So we recorded it and they liked it and they ended up choosing it. And then that's how it happened. That's awesome. Isn't that nuts? I was just so blessed by God to be able to like, sing randomly on the day that i sang when i was 16 years old in american idol met ryan who ended up producing the beat for that walk of flock song like five years later i mean talk about being at the right place at the right time yeah yeah i was really lucky so was the the waka track was 2014 i believe so okay I'm not good with time but i think so would you say that's when your career started um Honestly, I don't really know. I feel like I'm just kind of doing what I've always done. I love music and I'm just wherever, whatever opportunity comes, it, I just take it. So I don't really know when my career started, but like, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that's when I really got confirmation, like from people that are really in the business. Um, you can do this, you know, because I had met Lupe Fiasco's producer at the same time that I worked with Waka and he was, you know, asking me to write for him. And I was like, wow, this guy that's worked with Rihanna, he's worked with, um, he, he, you know, he's been working with Lupe for, for 10 years. He's toured with MTV. I mean, he's worked with all these artists and he's like asking me to write for him. So I was like, okay, like it was giving me confidence to be able to say, maybe I could do this. You know, I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing, but you know, it gave me confidence to say, all right, I can do this. There's this Waka Flocka thing happening. I'm literally contacting with this Lupe Fiasco producer. Or like, I'm talking to him. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Maybe. 
<laughs> yeah. How did you meet the uh, the producer for Lupe Fiasco? So there's a longer story to this, but honestly, like another thing, it's always right place at the right time. And there's this gallery called the Titsi Gallery. Um, she does the Titsi Initiative and she is so heavily involved in bullying and suicide prevention. And that's why I am is because of her. But um, long story short, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, my dad uh, ended up saving a guy that was dead. He brought him back to life. And I wrote a poem about it. Or I not, not a poem. I wrote an essay. And my parents heard about the Titsi Initiative having an essay contest when I was like in seventh, eighth grade about your hero. So my mom was like, yo, you should put in that essay about your dad saving a life. And I was like, no, I'm not good. I got to be minus on it. Like, no. She's like, do it. And I was like, no. So she put it in for me. And then like months later, she's like, guess what? You got first place. So I was like, no way. So I went to this Titsi Initiative um, event and I read my essay to like um, Langevin and all these senators and all these people. And um, I ended up singing just a little bit because they asked me to. I was so nervous. I sang Hero by Mariah Carey. And ever since then, TC has been asking me. She's been the, the basically the artery, the main artery in my life. And I've ever since then, I've been singing at different things for her. She's gotten me involved in the suicide and bullying prevention, uh, doing workshops. Like everything is stems from her. So long story short, but long story. She asked me to sing at a Titsi gallery, like um, just a gallery event with just a bunch of pictures and stuff. And it was like maybe 20 people there. Like, honestly, I don't even think there was 20 people there. And she wanted me to sing like three songs. And I think I ended up singing just one. And um, this guy was there and he was like, oh my gosh, you need to meet my cousin. He's Lupe Fiasco's producer. I'm going to get him on the phone right now. And I was like, this is not happening. Like I just sang in front of like 10 people. And, um, <laughs> and so he puts him on the phone with me. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, hi, I'm on tour with Lupe. But when I get back on, when I get back like to Providence, I'll contact you. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's never going to happen. Like, okay. And he ended up contacting me. And the rest is history from there. So I've been writing for him ever since. God <laughs> is good. Right time. It's the timing, you know? Yeah. So all of this is happening around like 2014, 2016? 2014, 2015. Yeah. Right, right. The last two years of my basically when physics was getting the hardest, this is when everything was happening. And I wanted to drop out because physics was so hard. And I had two friends of mine. Um, they just were like, no, Bianca, you either are going to drop out and do music or you're going to stop music for a second and focus on physics. And that's what I did. I like stopped music for the most part. I did a few YouTube funny videos just for fun to keep me sane but i did physics and then i finally was like all right i'm gonna let go of physics and try music and it's been great ever since <laughs> but, yeah so so once you graduated and you started doing music again mm, where did you find that you your career took you like where have you been working since so i met this guy randy he's 80 years old 
and he's been my mentor ever since I graduated. And if I didn't go to this random barbecue party for five minutes to sing, because someone wanted me to sing at this barbecue, uh, Randy was the saxophone player, I wouldn't have met Randy. So I had to go to that five minutes to go see, uh, to go sing at this barbecue. And I met Randy. Randy is this guy that knows everybody in the music industry. And he basically just took me to every single club. He introduced me to all the owners. He introduced me to all the musicians, brought me to Boston, introduced me to everybody. And that's how I became um, a singer for the GB band K2 in Boston, where I'm singing for weddings, gala events, huge events. Um, That was definitely something that helped me confirm for me, like I'm singing in one of the best bands in Boston. And like, that was like another confirmation, like, okay, like I can do this, you know? And it helped with money because... I needed it because I wasn't doing physics anymore. So uh, Randy just introduced me to a bunch of people and I was able to work on a bunch of music because I now knew I was introduced to all the musicians and I wasn't even, I didn't even have to work for it. He just was like, what are you doing? It's 11 at night. What are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm in bed. He's like, come out. He's like 80 years old. He's like, let's go. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So another thing, like, Being at the right place at the right time is so important. And I am so lucky that I met Randy because I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, So yeah, I'm doing that and I'm doing the bullying and suicide prevention workshops with kids and teaching lessons for voice and drums and working on my album and and writing for other people who thought that that would happen. Uh, You bring up the uh, bullying prevention again Mm. Um, and the fact that Titsi kind of got you involved in it. Mm. Was there something in particular that drew you to anti-bullying or bullying prevention? Or was it just something that you felt was a good cause and you jumped on it? Oh, for sure. Like, I've been bullied. I got bullied since I was little. And um, I have such a heart for people that have been bullied. And that's honestly the reason why I wanted to start singing. Because I was like, I can't remember. I was either 11 or 13. But when I saw Natalie Grant on that stage talk about her issues and be so vulnerable, it changed my heart. And if that one moment in time could change my life, literally, then I know that I can be, I could be changing other kids' lives, you know, Um, just by being vulnerable and sharing my story. And So since I got bullied, I knew that I could help these kids because music is so important. And I just wanted to use any platform that I had to to help people. So when she told me that she worked for bullying and suicide prevention stuff, I was so excited because that's literally what I wanted to do previous to that. Like, I just didn't know how. And so that's why it's like a match made in heaven because I was able to literally take my dream and put it into action at a young age and talk to these kids and really share my story about my how I got bullied and tell them that it's going to be okay and be confident in who you are and that it's okay to be weird because most people are craving to just be weird and themselves instead of trying to put on a mask in front of people, you know? And so it was just so perfect that I was able to work with Titsi to this day. It's been nuts and amazing. And I just want to continue to do that. That's the main, I think that's the main, um, reason why I want to sing and why I want to do what I do is to really get get real with 
kids and just anybody but you know that's where it starts so they're our future (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um i know we we talked before about um like what makes a a long-lasting career and i think we agreed that if you're doing it for something other than like personal wealth or personal gain you know like you're gonna have a career that outlasts all the hurdles that is part of being a musician Mm. so is that something you think you agree with or or do you have a take on that oh for sure i mean why do anything if you're just striving to make money or to be famous when you have all of these famous people that are already showing you that it's not going to give you happiness you know i mean robin williams he he's not here anymore and yet you would think he'd be the happiest person on the planet jim carrey said it the best like i wish everybody became successful and popular in what they did or however he said it i don't i'm not the best at rephrasing it but just to know that you know succeeding in your dream isn't going to make you happy that's not it that's not the it you know and for me i think the it is is loving people and giving of yourself and um i mean that's what when you're on your deathbed that's what you're going to be thinking of like like how many people you helped that's really what matters you know not all the awards and stuff you really can't take that with you so um i just always and i know you know we're human so we all want to you know get famous and be big and stuff like that's just the human condition but i definitely need to keep checking myself because i know that my heart is definitely i mean natalie grant changed my life and um really helped me with what i was going through which was bullying and we need people like that you know because that's really what matters if my life was changed as a little kid by someone then i know that we need more people like that (laughs) because um change our lives being changed is the most important thing so i totally agree with that it's not about money it's not about fame that's gonna go away that's all temporary um, and it's not going to actually give you peace and happiness because I want it now. I don't want to have it. I don't want to have, oh, one day I'll have peace when this happens. Like, what kind of life is that? <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Let's uh, let's switch to something a little bit funner. Yeah. More fun. I know. I got really heavy for a second. I was like talking about deathbed and I was like, whoa, Bianca, like, come down. <laughs> no, that's good. This is an intellectual philosophical podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> my bad people (laughs) um so let's talk a little bit about your your personal influences especially in your your singing and your writing styles so give us an example of a an artist that's no longer um performing they can you know dead or alive it doesn't matter but like an artist from the past and an artist from the present that you think um has shaped the way you perform or sing in your your vocal style or your writing style. Mm. Okay, that's a good one. Um, let's see, let's see. Well, I have the present one, and that's totally Tori Kelly, because um, she is talking about uh, issues that usually you know artists don't talk about. And um, her song Funny is great. Her song Confetti. Just talking about how she'll, you won't be happy when uh, she wants to be happy before the confetti, you know, drops or just talking about issues that um, besides love, she talks about everything else. 
and I love that. Um, and she's also uh, a Christian, which is so hard to be in the music industry. And um, especially because they're telling her to dress a certain way and be a certain way and calling her vanilla and cookie cutter and all this stuff. And she's just trying to show them that, you know, she doesn't have to do any of that to get where she's going. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, so I look up to her in that sense because she's really staying strong and keeping her priorities straight. And that's not easy to do. Um, so that's definitely present. And past, there's so many. So I don't know which one to pick. You can pick more than one. Oh, I can? Yeah, but not like don't. Don't list every single artist. Yeah, I love ass. Stevie Wonder. Um, I think he just sings and writes from his heart, and he doesn't overthink it, and it's just so organic, and he has so much soul, and that's what I want my music to have, and I hope it does. It never loses the soul, you know? Um, and he just talks about what he's grateful for, and so many good things, and I just love that, like... You don't always have to talk about the negative, obviously, but, you know, obviously our feelings can sometimes be that way. Like Adele, she nails it. But Stevie is able to really, like, be a channel for our happy feelings and, like, channel it into music. And I really appreciate that because it's hard to do that without being cheesy. And he just nails that. And I love that. And it's so contagious. Like, Pharrell's happy song, like... That was so contagious, you know, and um, I just want to have music like that, you know, timeless music that people can be encouraged by and can feel good by. So Stevie Wonder for sure. That's a really good one. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but you know, for a reason. <laughs> no, it's, it's a reason I've never heard before. Oh, good. I've never like really thought about it that way. It's true though. Like you can't listen to a like a Stevie Wonder song and not smile. Yeah. Like they're like they're all fun to listen to. Exactly. Yeah, they're all very positive. Yeah. Let's talk about your favorite performance. And you can you can give a couple, maybe break it into like what the best crowd was like and what your best personal performance was like if they are on like different if they were at different gigs. But uh talk about some of your, your most memorable performances. Oh, I have had so many, so I'm going to have to think for a second. Um, well, I think the funnest one has been with my band, my KT band, because we just like, we get on the floor. We're like in the crowd. We go see grandma. I mean, if we do a wedding, but we just play off each other like it's a huge show and we just get everybody amped. And I think those are the funnest ones I've ever done. But I think... uh one of my favorites I think it's been either when I was singing for my kids singing I mean not my kids but singing for um for kids for the bullying suicide prevention um at PPAC singing at PPAC and sharing my story of getting bullied and and just sharing hope with these kids I think that was really memorable and um singing at um homeless shelters you just get a different reaction a reaction that they're just not in awe but they're just not used to getting sung to and even looked in the eye for more than two seconds so when you sing to them they're just i don't know it just fills your heart to the brim 
And um, also singing at Alzheimer's units. I mean, I remember the first time I did it, they were all singing the songs. And all the, the people, the workers were crying because they couldn't believe that these people that had become um, nonverbal, they couldn't even speak anymore. And they were singing lyrics. And it's like, that's how powerful music is. You're, you know what I mean? From little kids to singing from little kids to singing for 90 year olds. But I think like the best performances are the 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 audiences that appreciate it the most, the people that you can connect with, you know, and um, yeah. So I mean, the performances at K two are fun, you know, they're fun. But when you're you're singing for people that really love what you're, you know, just sending a message. I mean, that is so crazy. That is so, it just fills my heart. So I think, um, yeah, and doing little work. I love doing little uh, coffee shops with the people I love, sitting in an intimate room and just like sharing stories with them. Um, that's always super fun too. So yeah, the big ones, like I sang at Gillette. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like you're hearing yourself, your voice like bounce off of 50 walls. You can barely hear it like the real one. And then it happens and then it's gone, you know? I don't see any faces. I just see myself freaking out, making sure I hit every note. And then the Newport Jazz Festival was fun, but, you know, they weren't really, like, fulfilling because they were just, they weren't songs that um, that really I had a connection to. All right, people in the audience I wasn't really connected to yet. But I don't know. Those are definitely, I mean, it's not always going to be perfect every single time you perform. It's not going to be, like, the perfect crowd or everybody that you love in one room. But those are the ones that I value the most. So I gave you like 50 answers, but yeah. <laughs> no, that was good. So you've been writing music for several years now, both mm. for yourself and for other artists. Uh, walk us through kind of the process in which you you start writing a song. So basically, I'm in this um, stage where I don't really know what I'm doing exactly, but I know that I do have to have emotion and it has to be like stemmed from something that's happening in my life. Or else I can't really connect, you know? So, um, you know, if I'm, like, mad at something or I'm passionate about something, like, right in that moment, I need to write, like, sometimes I need to write, if it's positive or anger, I guess, I have to write right away about that song. But if it's about sadness, I have to wait until I'm over that sadness to actually write about it, which is interesting. I'm just figuring that out as I said it, so that's mental note. <laughs> Gotta talk it out. But yeah, so um, I just try to, I know that I'm, I'm very wordy sometimes, just in general, I talk a lot. And so my goal is to just basically write on paper in the simplest way of how I'm feeling. And I kind of just write everything that I'm feeling down first. And I don't try to rhyme. I don't try to do anything like that. I just write a story, write how I'm feeling. And after a while, after paragraphs on a page, the song just writes itself. Or sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just write and it just comes out, you know. 
Other times, it takes me six months to write a song, you know, because um, you'll get mental, you'll get mental blocks. But um, so there's never one way I've written a song. And I think that goes for a lot of people, you know, um, but I definitely do have to have a lot of emotion behind it or passion or else I kind of just am like, eh. you know, it's just hard to write for something. So, um, yeah. So and when I write for other people, I have to really put myself in their shoes, you know, to really uh, believe that it's me. And then I'm like, OK, I'm good. <laughs> but I have to really believe it's it's not me. So um yeah i'm still learning obviously like i think the past few years has been definitely a learning experience just writing for other people and writing for myself because i think that i'm still growing and i definitely uh it's hard it's i I almost like sometimes don't have the confidence to say i'm a songwriter even though i am and i think that's like kind of every songwriter (laughs) because you're like am i good enough to do this but um if you have emotions and you can put a melody to it, then you are a songwriter. <laughs> so I'm just uh, trying to get better at it and learning from all the people around me that are way better than I am and um, just taking all their advice and trying my best. And I think it's just been nice that this album that I'm working on of mine, or EP, is all songs that I wrote years ago. And then me saying, oh, I don't really like the lyrics. Now I'm going to change them after producing everything, you know? And uh, so it's been kind of a challenge to like write something that I don't have as much passion as I used to, you know? So it's just learning stretches. And I'm like so excited that I have this opportunity to just like learn a bunch before everything kind of comes together. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm having fun while I'm doing it. And um, I'm learning a ton and I'm really excited for my album, even though I've written like 50 million songs since then you know so i kind of like i'm excited for this album to come out but i just want to work on more stuff i just want to keep going you know yeah yeah do you find it easier or harder to write for other people um i think both some it depends on the topic you know if uh if i've never been in their shoes before um sometimes it can be hard and sometimes it just comes to me it really it's it depends you know um yeah so that one depends but i'd say i'd say harder than myself because when i have passion for my own you know situation it's easier but yeah i'm still learning but i definitely say it's probably harder to write for other people but i'm getting there yeah yeah you have an ep coming out do you have a release date for that yet no No. i don't i've been saying i've been gonna come out with this forever (laughs) So I don't want to say, I don't want to put a date to it, um, but it'll come out when it comes out. <laughs> I am like so hoping for this summer. Um, but at this point, since I'm going to be going to LA soon, um, just to like meet up with producers, I, I'm just going to give them what I got, you know, even if my EP is not done completely yet, I'm just going to give it to them and be like, you know, cause they only need a few songs to get the gist of what you're, you're about. So I'll give them the songs that are finished, even the unfinished ones. Bada bing, bada boom. This is me. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, I don't have a date. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What is it like uh, for you going in the studio? Do you, uh, do you find it to be uh, a fun experience or is it like torture? Oh my gosh. It's the funnest part of my day. I wish I could be in the studio all the time. I think creating is my favorite part. 
and I didn't realize like you know when you're in eighth grade and they told you to do that um the testing where you're like uh it's like oh if you're better at this and this you're gonna be a um a construction worker it tells you what you're gonna be I don't know if everybody did that I did it so many years ago okay you did it yeah I don't remember anything about it but I, yeah. I did it it was like career choice or something and I did that and it would always come up with director or producer and I never believed that at all. I just didn't know. I was like, what it does that even mean? But I'm learning that I am so a director slash producer type person. And I didn't even realize it, but I love producing. And I love, I like, I just go into the studio, have no idea what's going to happen. I just close my eyes and I imagine something going on in the music. And I'm like, this is what I imagine happening. And my engineer's like, let's try to make it happen. And I'm like, great. So then we spend forever trying to get the sound right. And I'm like, yeah, this is what it sound. This is what I want it to sound like. And then you plop it in there and you do the next thing. And I don't know what's going to happen that, you know, the next day I go into the studio. Sometimes I have ideas pre-planned, but usually it's just I hear it and then boom, I hear something else. So it's really fun to build and build and build and build. And I could just build forever and never release it. So that's probably why this is taking so long. But um yeah, I just, oh my gosh, creating in the studio is so fun. Uh, it's just like having a blank canvas and then just painting over it and then painting over that painting. Um, so you can get carried away. But uh, yeah, I just, I love it. It's so fun. I do too. Yeah. I love I love being in the studio all day. Yeah. It's, I it could is. literally be in here in order to go Uber Eats for like ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. And the best thing is there's no right. Nobody can tell you it's a wrong. It's wrong. You know? Oh, yeah. So many people have gotten the no, you know? Yeah. And from people like today, even um, I put my I was working with this songwriter and she had put in all our songs into this contest or not this contest, but this, you know, he owns a contest songwriting contest thing. But he was judging all the songs and he was like, no, this is bad. No, this is bad. No, this is bad. I don't like her singing this way. And I'm like, okay, like he's one of the most like famous people in Nashville and he's saying no to everything. But like, that's what my heart was saying at the time to do. And so you can't just say that that's wrong. I mean, obviously take people's advice with a grain of salt though. But like, there's so many, I mean, the most famous people that we know have literally gotten denied by so many, you know, like yeah. Tori Kelly, the one, the girl that I was talking about, like she got, she got a no from American Idol, you know? And she literally has a voice better than, like, for me, I think it's, like, better than Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston put together, you know? And that's, like, a big statement to say. I'm just, like, a huge, giant fan. But, um, yeah, it's good to remember that, especially with yourself, because we're our worst critic. God's the reason why I'm doing this. He's literally what pushes me and tells me what to do when. And so I'm just kind of, like following his lead and whatever happens happens you know i don't know where i'm gonna live this year i don't know what's gonna happen my parents are moving um i've been traveling everywhere and just trying to feel it out so i don't really don't know where i'm gonna end up so this is just a cool moment to be able to record um this podcast because this is like i know this is the year that things are changing and my ep is finally going to be done and i'm going to be traveling more so it's just like i'm excited to see what happens you know i have no idea i don't know what i'm doing i mean i do and i don't you know like everybody um but yeah so i'm just in, i'm just excited because it's like a clean slate with no really 
direction of where I don't know where I'm going. So I'm going to be leaving the the band at one point, K2 in Boston. Um, so yeah, I'm just like excited. Future Bianca, hello. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. I'm sure you're going to do just fine. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. So yeah, it's exciting. Good. Well, thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brad. All right, we'll chat later. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Roadie Mixtape Podcast. If you want to check out Bianca's work, you can go to her website, which is www.biancasings.com. Follow her on social media under the same handle to get more about her tour dates, her performances, and her studio updates. Also check out the Tse Initiative at tsetseinitiative.org. This episode was recorded, mixed, and mastered at Auburn Recording Studios.